Picasso Apostle Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles and thanks for joining us again. Um, as we enter our uh, season in 2021, uh, I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers to the Paso Paso Podcast as well as KNC for airing it. Uh, today we have another exciting guest and um, a topic close to my heart of uh, parenthood. Um, for those of you listening, you may recall that we spoke with Siobhan who had the Australian accent for a couple um, episodes. And uh, we're back again today with another parent of a young child here in Taos. And would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Rachel Thomas, um, and I'm super happy to be here with you, Miles. Yeah, thanks so much for your willingness to jump on here and, and see what happens in our conversation. Um, as I under, What I understand um, about you is that uh, you're here in Taos area and you have a young child who's under two. And um, this is your first child. Uh, have you been in Taos for a, for a long time or, or what's your familiarity with this uh, region and, and what exists here? Yeah, so um, I moved to Albuquerque seven years ago now to work on a doctorate at University of New Mexico down there. Um, and then I came up to Taos a lot just because uh, I'm, I'm from the northwest of the U.S., and so I kind of needed some more trees in my life. So I'd visit up here a lot. Um, I met my partner, Brooks, at uh, Paseo, actually. And I moved up here to be closer to him. And then the next month, we were immediately pregnant. So now I am a parent in Taos. Um, oh. So yeah, I've been here maybe two and a half years now, but have been coming back and forth from the region for a little bit longer. Awesome. Um, and so, you know, some of us are listening um, – can imagine or have been in the situation of becoming a new parent. Um, there's so many things to think about. There's the joys, there's occasional worries, there's planning. Um, if you don't mind sharing any part at all of what was it like for you, um, you know, realizing you're in Northern New Mexico and, and uh, did you already have a, a plan as far as what you wanted to do with respect to um, giving birth or how was that process for you uh, making those decisions up here? Yeah. So, um, when I first got pregnant, it was, it was a surprise to us. So, um, kind of was a bit of a recapitulation of what we imagined our lives to be. But, um, a lot of the work that I did in my scholarship was like place-based research and it was specifically about like plants and relationships with plants in Northern New Mexico. And here I was studying this, but like planning on moving the next year. And so having, having Bela and being pregnant and realizing that like she was a body that was going to be of this land in Northern New Mexico and in Taos was kind of like uh, a really important ideological shift for me to figure out that like, this is our space now and we actually need to put down the roots that I liked to write about so much and like actually follow that practice. Um, and I also felt really lucky to be, if I was going to get unexpectedly pregnant in any community, I felt like Taos was a really good one. Um, just the amount of holistic health services that were available um, and the amount of like supportive kind of family structures that seemed to be around. Um, I don't know. It just, it felt like I was joining a community of a lot of people who moved here for the lifestyle and because they wanted to like be present parents for their kids. Um, and, and that felt really good to feel like I was going to be able to raise Bela around that kind of, or those kind of families, I guess. Totally. Yeah, I understand. Um, have there, or can you think of any challenges as far as things that, that uh, may not have existed um, 
around that time of when you're planning to give birth um, or anything like that? Did anything like that come up? Uh, challenges in regards to just anything. Well, I mean, not necessarily personal, but as far as like the infrastructure of what does or doesn't exist here. And I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I struggled a little with the, uh, before I found a, a midwife that was going to work with us. Um, I was going to the women's health Institute and like bless them. They work so hard for so many people, but, um, they seem to be like losing midwives and doctors pretty quickly. And I don't know um, if that was like a funding issue or what's going on, but, um, it always felt really difficult to get a hold of them um, and kind of get in, even though I know they were trying their best. And so, I don't know. I just I, I thought that was unfortunate because every individual who worked there seemed to be just like working their butt off to try to like you know give good gynecological and um, obstetric care, but they yeah. didn't seem like they had quite enough support. Um, as far as the finding a midwife situation went. It was a little unclear how to, as a new person in the community, like how to find a midwife beyond Googling, um, because some of the really wonderful people who do birth work here are not, don't really have an online presence. Yeah. Um, and so not that like, that they should have to, but it just kind of made me realize that like a lot of the, the health and healing work that happens in Taos is word of mouth. Um, and so the avenues I was going to need to go through seemed to be just like meeting people who looks pregnant, hoping <laughs> and talking to them. I mean, like, what are you doing? Help me, you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. You know, as the, the listeners may or may not know, you know, I'm a parent of a similar age child and, and I think that there was something going on with women's health at the time. I don't know if they were moving or there was something that, that was different um, for a period of time, but there are lots of great people there as well. Um, what's it, what's it been like since? Um, obviously the birth went well and, and your, your child is here and, um, obviously, you know, the, the hard part, I guess, to be, to, to, to acknowledge is that this is all during, um, COVID at least, uh, the last half of your child's life. Um, but any, anything you'd like to share about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was super lucky to be able to work with, uh, Dorothy Keck as a midwife who is just a wonderful, wonderful advocate of women and a great experience with her birth went really well. Um, and then yeah, fell into COVID about six months after having her. And um, on one hand, I'm in a super privileged position to have been able to stay home with a kiddo during COVID. Yeah. Um, like I work a little bit part-time, but it's all online. Um, and being able to just like stay outside and raise a baby, I think shielded me from a lot of the effects of COVID. But then there was a lot of the isolation piece. Like I think I always imagined raising a kid in a really big community setting. I mean, even when Bela was really little, I used to be in grocery stores and I couldn't find something. And I just kind of handed to whoever was behind me like friendly enough, you know, and be like, here, here's a joyful baby, like hold a joyful baby, you know? And so uh, COVID happening really changed that, that level of um, just community sharing that I thought that I would do when I had a baby where I'm like, you know, this is, this is like the team baby. <laughs> Everyone loves babies, right? Um, yeah, I remember this one moment when I was down at the river, like John Dunn Bridge, a couple months into the pandemic. And these two like adorable little girls, they were probably like four and seven, ran up and they just started kissing on Bela and like holding her hands and petting her head. And they were just like, baby, baby, baby. And I mean, it was like amazing, right? But it was such a weird thing to be like, I think I'm supposed to be telling you not to touch my kid right now, 
you know, right. I don't know who you are. And then just being like, oh my God, that is so wrong. You know, to have to tell these like incredible little children, like, please back off, which I don't think I ended up doing that. But it was just a weird conundrum that it would have never been a thought if it weren't for the pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest challenge or concern for me has been, um, yeah, Bela having like enough time to be part of all the different generations in this community and to like be able to be a part of of learning how to be in a crew with other kids. And that's yeah. like a lot harder to build, obviously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was going to say that. I mean, looking back at um, raising our child now, I, I did, I appreciate any social opportunities that exist. Um, but on a broader scale, you know, I'm not an academic in this topic, but I do wonder, you know, the subtle ways in which this period will impact the development of socialization um, from, you know, infants and toddlers and, and beyond. Um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing the best we can. And um, there have been a couple of instances, you know, we're able to be out in public and together and at safe distance and all that. But um, but it's hard, you know, we're, we're all just doing what we can, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I keep going back to the fact that most of us living in in Taos County have access to some kind of open space where you could see people outside. Um, yeah. And then the fact that we have like, okay, well, it's not very mild today. Hold on one second. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you dump your tea out? That's awesome of you. Come here. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's alleviated things in a way that talking to some of my friends who live in a city and it's like freezing cold and there's no green spaces and they don't really have a place to gather outside with people. Yeah. Know, that's been a different scene, I think, for people who are living there with kids too. Definitely. Well, um, you know, looking forward, um, I'm not sure if you've ever brought a child to uh, certain activities in town that are closed now, but are there any things that you're you're looking forward to opening back up when things are healthy? And, and uh, you know, you mentioned the grocery store scenario, but are there any other things that come to mind that you're, you're looking forward to in the future with your child? Yeah. Um, like I never got to do the twirl thing. Yeah. Like I went there as an adult and was like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> awesome once my kid can walk, you know? Um right. And so I think like some of those community spaces are going to be really, really cool that, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm honestly looking forward to being able to send Bela to preschool yeah. um, with a bigger group of kids. Like once again, I have been super lucky to know this, this rad mom group and we like plan a lot of things outside to get kids to hang out with one another, but to be able to like send her to a daycare and have her like trust another authority figure and like learn how to socialize with more than like one other kid at a time. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Just curious how, how you might choose to go about um, determining what preschool experience you're looking for, for your, your child. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's been a hard one for me to be honest. And, and I'm not decided on, on anything. Um, on one hand, I'm kind of attracted to the, more Waldorfy chartery model of preschool. Like you might see it. Um, is it Anansi or Anasazi? Uh, Anansi, yeah. Anansi, yeah. Um, at Anansi, and and I put on some wait lists for some things like that. But on the other hand, I, you know, I don't know enough about them to really speak to this. But I sometimes feel concerned in that model that Bela wouldn't hang out with enough people who are actually like 
born and raised from this place and have like familial history here. Sure. Um, and I sometimes feel concerned about the divide between transplants like our family um, yeah. and people who like have lived locally here for a really long time. And that yeah. is, is worrisome to me. Um, and so there's the other part of me that's like, well, I think I, you know, in a lot of respects might just want to send her to like an, Eno situation or something and know that at least yeah. she'd know the people who are of this place, you know? Um, yeah, completely. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, she's born here. Like she's more New Mexican than I am at this point. Right. Um, yeah. And I just don't want to, I don't know. I want yeah. her to have an in-placed experience and, and as, as wonderful as some of those charter programs are, I don't think they always offer that. Yeah, definitely. No, that's been my experience as well with my older daughters of wanting them to be in public school. Um, and now they're actually in one of the charters, but I'm glad that they've had both experiences. That is important. Um, and, you know, similar with this, uh, all you listeners out there, I'd love to interview uh, as wide a variety of parents as possible. So thanks so much for Mariko for joining us today. And um, I look forward to continuing to new parents for perspective on our community. Um, any, any last thoughts as we uh, talk through these things? Um, and again, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your experience and thoughts. Um, I think it adds a lot to uh, us just simply providing, well, you know, services that are out there, but really gives a context for what parents are going through and, and how you see things. So is there anything else that we didn't talk about that, that you'd like to bring up? You know, I think you asked really great questions. I feel like I was able to speak to my experience of this time and, Thank you so much for hosting the Smiles. It's a really cool project. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again um, to you and everybody else listening. It, ha- it needs some updating, but um, at pasotaos.org, uh, you can click a family families tab, and there's links to activities and, and available programs if anybody's interested to see what else is out there. But we're always looking to expand and improve. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for joining us again, and all the best to you and your family. And um, we all look forward to uh, hanging out on a sunny, sunny, warm day in the future out together. One more time, just like she was sharing, the diversity of characters and experiences in Taos is important. We would love to interview you and or a friend of yours who might be a young uh, parent of young child rather here in Taos. Reach out, pasotaos at gmail.com. Have a great day. Paso a paso. <laughs> Podcast. Hey.